Hey, I'm Joey. And I'm Maddox. And on today's week... Oh, my God. <laughs> Just Dave. do the reads. You want me to do the Dude. What, what happened, happened on tonight's show? show? Say it. On tonight's show, I learned how to screen calls. I learned how to not bend rims. Don't hit rocks. The best thing is, is these guys are novices, and you guys are experts if you listen to this show. If you want to support Tech Talk Taco Tuesday... Thank Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Seat Concepts, Fast Company, and you can always shop through Amazon on our links on dirtbiketest.com. And don't forget the push through button on Rocky Mountain MC, also on www.dirtbiketest.com. Now, here's the show. Live from Pahrump, boys and girls, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. It's the show where, uh, what do we talk about, Logan? Motorcycles and motorcycle-related products. And this is Logan Tyler, who, that's about the best you've ever come in. That, mm-hmm. that, was, that was direct. I think, you know, your um, um counter, we've got it. Oh, I put it in. Yeah, it's, it's just a simple text overlay. We'll make it a little bit better next show. This is, do you know about this yet? No. So this is going to be a sponsored thing on this podcast pretty soon. It's the, and I don't, do I get counted when I say it? Um, counter? Uh, no, not in this context, but us and ums are going to count here, which I actually just added to this. Yeah, you did. I got to, I got to bring it, I got to bring it in here. Hold on. I just added two I more. I want you to be a little more specific, uh, about using the, this counter and pay attention to the rest of the show. Don't get too distracted with this new thing that we have. Is this going to cause problems, Logan? Good. I'm trying to find a better place for okay. it to where people can actually read it. Because down here, it just kind of blends in with that paper. Are they seeing it fly around on the screen they right now? They are seeing it floating around, yeah. Well, welcome, everybody. Uh, you are with us on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I had oh, an exciting so day today. Yeah, just keep it, keep it easy. Let's just go slow with that. Just break it in. You can miss a couple because I don't want you to miss anything else. This show is brought to you by Yamaha and their exciting line of two-stroke motorcycles. They have four strokes too, but we're going to talk about the two strokes. At least I am. New for 2022, the revised YZ125 makes for the purpose per, per, perfect step-up machine. Purposeful step-up machine. That's what I was going to say. Featuring an all-new engine, revised six-speed transmission, new brakes, suspension settings, improved rider ergonomics, and aggressive new styling. And I have one in the garage and I didn't ride it today, which is probably part of the problem that we had. Probably. The YZ250 also delivers improved rider ergonomics, new front and rear brakes, updated suspension settings, and aggressive styling. For a truly race-inspired look, check out the YZ250 and YZ125 Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Editions. And for the next generation of riders, a YZ65, a YZ85, or a YZ85LW will deliver big bike specs in smaller packages. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to find your YZ and enter the victory zone today, like Logan did a couple weeks ago. Correct? Victory zone. Yeah. Did you do the victory zone? I didn't go to it, but... You entered it. Yeah. You, you you achieved the victory zone. Third place. Third place. No, that's not the victory zone, Logan. I thought you said you it's won. It's zone, not... Oh, um, yeah. You got in the zone. You didn't actually... Yeah, I guess the victory zone. Eh, it's a little tough. 
Oh, well. Not bad for your first ride in the YZ125. No. Mm-hmm. Fun bike. It is. I like it a lot. You know, remember what the first rule of being the co-host is? Continuing conversation. When I, yeah, when I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty today. We rode, Matt and I rode today, and it was, eh, we didn't get 100 today. Maybe, what, 90, 95? Yeah, maybe mid, maybe mid-90s, but it did yeah, not hit 100. It wasn't sure. too bad. Uh, you you can tell when we're riding because I only ride for the gram these days. Like, I don't ride because it's fun or anything. I just ride to make Instagram content. So there is a new I've Got You in My Pocket on Instagram. And so, Facebook. And Facebook. It went to Facebook, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did it go to Grinder? Because we're Whoa. grinding. Jerry's still out on that we're one. We're grinding on the, on the bikes. We're trying to learn something today. So today, we took out a Honda CRF 250FX, like a 2006-ish version, and a Christini CRF 250X. Actually, it's a CRF 280X. Did you know this, Matt? I did not know it was a 280. Yeah. Does that change anything about how you think now Now, when you think back? No, I would have thought it was a 250 still. Okay. Yeah. But I'm assuming you need that extra 30 cc's for that front wheel. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it, it absolutely mm-hmm. doesn't. It doesn't hurt. Now, so what we're going to do, one thing that, one thing we're working on here is we have, we have on our YouTube channel, you may have seen it. We have a little short little clip of a Christine all wheel drive. I should have called Steven, see if he wanted to come on the show. I was thinking about it. I thought about it about seven times today mm-hmm. and just never managed to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a short video of the of a KTM 1190 that has all-wheel drive put on it. And it was something we were testing out here, and we shot some videos of it. I have a few more. But that has it has like three million views. And so people are curious about it. And so one of the projects we're working on now is is I'm trying to get – um, some riders that don't have all-wheel drive experience to have some all-wheel drive experience and test a few things, and that's what you were—that's what you're supposed to do. But you got to do what today? Move bricks. Move bricks. Well, actually, it's slabs of concrete. Concrete. Yeah, foundation, which is good for you. It's better than laying around in your bed naked, which evidently that's what you're doing a week and a half ago. That's what Cooper thought I was doing. Well, that's what you told him you're doing. That was what was reported back to me. Yeah. So, and you, did you hear my rant about that? No. I got upset because you're wasting valuable time. Oh, I, I was in the background of that. <laughs> so anyhow, that's good. Moving con. That's, the, that's your reward for laying around and doing nothing. What are you looking for? Oh, should I answer the phone from this guy? That guy? Uh, I could bring him on the, the show. Hotline. Yeah. I could, I, you know what? Hold on a second. Let me do this live, live on Johnny Campbell. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I'm here. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. You know, you know, we have a hotline on the show. It's called the it's called the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline. And that number for that, if you want to call in, is 775-318-8. No, 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 no. 318-5515. That's our number. It's in the chat, right, Matt? I'll put it in the chat right now. We'll put it in the chat. So uh, welcome to Tech Talk, Johnny Campbell. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, You could just call me the uh, professional miniature motorcycle test rider. Right. So you're doing one of your jobs, which is uh, making Honda products better. 
and you're testing some stuff, super top secret stuff. I, I lobbed, lobbied out a guess at what I thought it was today. Was I close? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did you, you, why did you, did yeah. you leave me a message or something? Yeah, I left you a message. You just saw my name and you called back. I did do that. That's I dangerous. Starting to look at the message, but I, know, <laughs> I just called. I just want to look at this. Okay. Well, uh, so so I just want you to. So I had a technical question because I was riding a um, uh, a Honda like motorcycle today. It's not really a Honda, although it's kind of like a Honda. It was a Christini, but it was it was it used to be a Honda. And we turned it into a Christini, and it has a CRF two fifty X motor into it. And we were riding it and I was doing a hill climb and just full stress, just wide open. And uh, just the bike just shut off, just like I hit the kill button, just burp, done. And then it wouldn't start. And I checked to make sure there's fuel good. You know, fuel was leaking out of the carburetor like when I laid it over all this stuff. And then um, so we decided, OK, we're going to tow it out with another CRF 250X, <laughs> by the way. And, uh, and I checked the kill button. I pulled the wires. I actually on that bike, it's hard to disconnect the kill button because it's also connected to the, 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 the switch that tells you the clutch is pulled in. Yes. So, so, so what we disconnected the kill button to see if anything like that would change it. No, no change. Got the bike out and out onto the, off the trail, onto the d dirt road. And I said, I'm going to try to start it. I tried to start it, started right up. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to shut it off. We wrapped up the tow rope and I went to go start it. It rolled like three feet and stalled again. So then we towed it up. We towed it down the road. It cooled off again, started up again, went for what? Probably about a mile or two. Yep. Died. Just shut off instantly. And, uh, and then we think we got it to start one more time and then it, it died again. So my diagnosis is a uh, stator, exciter pulse coil. Uh, my first, my first impression is that the stator is starting to fail because when it gets formed up, it stops like that. Yep. Um, it, it, does it start? Does it matter if you kickstart it or, or battery start it? Uh, do we, do we never tried to kickstart it? We, we never, we actually never kicked it. Uh, cause it would start with the, with the button, but, um, and it's spinning over really fast. It's not like it's spinning over slow. Okay. But, but, uh, yeah, so I, that's, that was my diagnosis is, is stator. So I'm, I'm on the right path, right? Yeah. Stator, you're on the right path. But before you dive into that, check all the, the most simple thing solutions, like, is it vapor locking? Is it, nope. uh, um, is the coil wires, on the coil are they just hanging there oh is yeah the yeah is the coil tight that ground wire on the coil right yeah see pulse. it was we, we we decided where we're at we decided we we kind of had to get back for the show so we decided to yeah. go the uh the the get out of there quick tow method as opposed to pull it apart but it's back it's back in the shop i got a i got a nice line forming in front of my shop of all my uh all my bikes that need work i had the the the, the whole line was cleaned up it was good it was ready to start cleaning the top of the bench and now i got a i got a line it has a 
a Christini CRF 250X. It has a CRF 250X because I think it's time for, we noted what, 50 some odd hours on the top end. I believe so. And it's starting, it's not starting very well. Uh, so that means probably valve train, tight valves. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty good. You know, that, you know, you know what bike that is, Johnny? Remember the one that you guys built for the Dirt Rider 24 hour? The one that Eric did where he, he made Honda red, white, and blue inside the clutch cover? Yeah, that was a great bike. That's a great bike. It's still still ripping. And uh, so that one's there. My my XR100 has an oval piston in it, which is <laughs> not stock. And uh, uh, Dwayne from BBR hooked me up with a new piston. My TTR125 has an oval piston in it. It's from all the flat tracking and uh over revving on the flat track and so those things they, they're just like the line is going out the door i'm going to be busy for a while so uh yeah you, you need like a, a, a little wrench guy to kind of right start helping I was, I was thinking about hiring preston but he he folded himself in half <laughs> yeah he he, uh, he did the jackknife to his body in the back. <laughs> yeah good he's he, he's good though he's he's gluing back together right Yep, he's in uh, a real good positive direction, and uh, I think uh, the job that was done to fix him was really good. Um, so there's a great prognosis that he will be 100% at some point in the next few months. All right. So we got some of our people in the chat are verifying that it's the exciter coils going out. And on the Honda, it's all part of a single assembly, correct? It's not like on some of the some other bikes you can you can actually buy just that that little external part and it's a separate wire on Honda. It's all one wire, correct? Yeah, it's all one unit, so they don't sell it separately. Yep. I, I'm hoping I have a spare one laying around. I might in all my in all my crazy CRF parts that I have floating around here. So, well, that was my that was my question. Uh, anything, hey, you you guys announced some news. Yeah. So uh, today we just announced uh, the second annual uh, handstands at 100 mile an hour Baja Desert Racing Desert Community Reunion. Um, we're going to have that September 24th at the Blackmore Ranch in Marietta. Um, it was a big hit last year. Uh, a lot of the you know desert folks came out. Just old legends and champions and fans and pit people. And we had uh, the, all the desert racing organizations uh, make an appearance. Anybody from Heron Hound, uh, Score, BITD, D37. And uh, this year we're going we're gonna to focus actually on the clubs and uh, get some of their history in there. And uh, I want I want a bunch of clubs to show up with their tents and and their colors and stuff and celebrate the guys that have you know put in the work to put races on all these years. Um, they're you know volunteers and I think it's good to recognize uh, you know the motorcycle clubs. They keep off road motorcycle racing you know going, and so we're gonna. That's one of the things we'll focus on there amongst uh, a host of other things like. Um, you know, we always have, uh, like a bike display with historic bikes and memorabilia and, but overall it's a really fun time just to get everybody together and, and celebrate, um, you know, desert racing. So I, I don't, not, I don't, uh, I don't get invited to that, right? I'm, I don't, I can't come. You're you, invited. Totally. You, come you on, just, you're Jimmy Lewis. You just, you just, you just, oh, you, you invite my bike. I mean, my wife, right? 
or make or maybe have me bring have me uh you get some of my bikes but no not me right yeah what what <laughs> one of the bikes that i want there is uh i want your xr80 Baja 500 bike i'll have to get big john over here to help me take it off the wall it's it's mounted it's <laughs> mounted on the wall in our classroom it's literally it's it's on top of a giant piece of lumber that we <laughs> hung it up on the wall but i'll, I'll bring it i can i can bring that thing me and Jamie will pop wheelies on it. <laughs> that'd be cool. That's one one piece we haven't shown, so that'd be fun to have there. Yeah. Um, our the second event to that, uh, we have a dual a dual sport ride. We we did a little dual sport ride last year on the same day as the event, and and it was a big hit. But it was a lot of work to do everything at one day, so we decided to grow it, separate it. Um, so we're going to do what we call the Baja Borrego. It's a 130 mile uh, loop and has a lot of good stuff in it up and around through Anza Borrego. And uh, so it'll be fun. Um, looking forward to that. We're going to do it December. So it'll be nice and cool. And uh, we're going to do some, uh, I don't know if we're doing riding seminars, but we're going to, you know, do some sharing and stuff uh, Friday night before the ride. I know and, how to do, uh, I know how to do riding seminars. <laughs> you I've, are you are the king of writing seminars. I, I you so you can have, hook you can hook a microphone up to me, and then I have this thing on my back. It's like a key, and you put a wind up switch in it. You just turn it, and then I just go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would I would definitely wouldn't mind you uh, coming down and uh, giving us uh, we can talk, the we, old Jimmy Lewis. We talk about the cents. we talk about the day rates. Yeah, two cents, but we're gonna have to talk about day rates. But don't don't get don't don't get those two things confused. Yeah, I'll come do a writing seminar for pretty oh, cheap. Matt <laughs> Matt will one sent you. So, but we're gonna get we're gonna you know Matt might be walking out here with the tail between his legs later on in the show because we're gonna talk about why bikes break mm -hmm. uh, pretty soon and and I think it has to do there's there's a certain characteristic it's like a it's an aura that ha people have and Matt seems to be able to just crush all of my bikes yeah with with really he doesn't he doesn't even have to be on them sometimes is what I'm starting to realize because so. I wasn't on the other Christini but this is the second one we've had to tow out right yeah we've had some Christini problems but so it was funny because. Matt goes, you know, the last time we went riding, we were both, you know, we had a Christini with us and we had a tow mount. But I'll tell you one thing, he has become a much better uh tow buddy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I started to really figure it out there. I started yeah. to click. <laughs> so there's, there's kind of a pattern there, Christinis and tow buddy. So oh, it's not just Christinis for me. <laughs> yeah, well, the the Christini stuff, it, none of the Christini stuff broke on us. Uh, it, well, well, the other one was a the, the other one was a Honda clone. It was one of the you know the 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 Asia Wing bikes. So and that that bike, what did we figure out was the problem with that? I don't know if we ever figured it out. I remember you were calling Christini to talk about it. Yeah, there was something we were testing something on it that we were we were breaking, but it's normal. You know, that's that's why you test things. So that's how it goes. Uh, well, Johnny, thanks for calling. Thanks for confirming that my my how how old do you think that bike is? That that bike's got to be fifteen and two, almost tw close to twenty. Six, close, close to 20 years old yes so, yeah not bad if it if it's uh if because both those bikes were kind of this of the same vintage actually i think that christini ran at that 24 hour as well we had a team riding it uh during that time as well so awesome well yeah. 
That's some good history there. Yeah. I should sell some of these damn bikes. <laughs> so, okay. Well, Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in, even though you didn't know you're going to be on the show. I, I, I slipped that promotion right in there. So everybody, where, where should everybody go to, to, to find out about the uh, handstands at 100? Uh, you can go to, uh, go to, uh, hardenoffroad.com. Uh, Scott has it up on his site and you can register there for either event. And uh, he's actually just redid his website, and it's pretty simple and easy to use. It looks nice. So, yeah, go to Harden.com or HardenOffRoad.com and uh, check it out. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Johnny, and uh, we will uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay, see you guys. Have see, fun. See you. See you, Johnny. Well, that worked out. That was good. Yeah, I take I'll take some calls. Hey, did you list off the other sponsors? Or just Yamaha? Nope. That was Logan's job. Takamoto, Scott Sport. Wait, wait, wait. I want uh, Spunk. 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 Like announcer spunk. voice and Spunk. for Because the, these sponsors. I think I lost that announcer voice, but. Because you used to have the high-pitched kitty voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you started the show. Yeah. Yeah. But you can, you know, just, just drive, drive in it. Remember, just. I don't want you to go like super cross, dude. Yeah. That, you know, and you don't have to go like. Taco Moto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, and Seat Concepts. You don't have to do that. Because uh, yeah. the sponsors have to pay extra for that. Right. Yeah. So go ahead. Because I'm thirsty. <laughs> you can go to Takamoto for EXC, KTM EXC, and EXC well, most. XCFs. They have Honda parts now. Getting they have Honda. They have um click it. Oh, oh I've been up it. Don't they, worry. They they have the they have the 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 those screw and funnels. There was something else that I was gonna say that you should go there for. And I forgot uh, what it was. There was a part that I was saying that is a good thing that everybody could use. But maybe they'll, maybe this brain, these two brain cells I have that are that are they're shaking and vibrating together, they might excite and something might happen. Okay, next Scott Sports with the goggles. They make goggles, good goggles, really good goggles. Yeah. I think their goggles, like if you if you want to say the the goggle that's used is like one of the standards of goggles. Yes, Scotts would be the ones you're looking at. Yes. Um, climb with gray gear and magnetic goggle lenses. Yep. They have, they have goggles, but the, the nice thing about the climb stuff is the Mojave gear, which is very vented, which was really nice today. And I think that, uh, if you're going to be riding the hot, especially the jerseys, man, I I didn't even feel like I was wearing a jersey today and you were wearing the XC light. That one's pretty good in and of itself when I was pushing up a hill. (laughs) Yeah. When he was pushing the bike while I was uh, dragging him with the tow rope, because we got stuck kind of down at the bottom of a nice hill. Mm -hmm. Actually, the bike was trying to come back up the nice hill. And then luckily there was a road around it or we would have been in real trouble. DDC with the shiny stainless stainless steel steel sprockets. Yeah. Long lasting and and a long time sponsor of this show. They were one of the first ones that jumped aboard, uh, which was awesome. Built in the USA. Trail tech. Trail tech with the Voyager Pro. That's right. 
we had a regular Voyager Voyager on one of our bikes today. Yes, old old one, which is still a pretty cool little. It's a very simple motorcycle specific GPS unit. Yeah. And Trail Tech makes things like radiator guards, radiator fans, kickstands, and a lot of GPS uh, type products. Uh, Fast Company with the uh, flex handlebars, spoke torque wrench. That and that little chingadera thing that goes on your rim lock to keep the to keep the it centered. You know, sometimes when your rim lock gets torqued because the tire yeah. slips and stuff, it wasn't tightened properly and it's all crooked. Well, they make this nice little piece. It's probably a few dollars, just a few dollar piece. And it just tightens, cinches right down and it centers that thing all up. It's a really sano little. It's like it's a, the kind of stuff you see on factory bikes. Hmm. And Fast Company is also world famous for their flex handlebars. Yes. Which neither of the bikes that we we're riding had on today. And I feel it in my wrists. Actually, the first bump I hit when we when we when we went right past the winery Mm -hmm. and we went into that little G out ditch, there's a little G out ditch there. The very first bump I hit, I went, ah, and Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what? And I was thinking forks, you know, I'm thinking all the things. And I was like, nope, didn't have the flex bars on. But Mm -hmm. that's what I get. Seat Concepts. Seat Concepts, bringing you the Seat Concepts hot seat hotline. If you would like to call us, if you have a question. Or if we if we have a question for you, you can call in on the hotline, and the number is 775-318-5515. Right, Logan, say that again. 775-318-5515. You can call in, and uh, we will get right to your call, evidently. We have screeners standing by. We have uh, Maddox, who's our new screener. Yes. In there. Um, he was taught, like, at least... 20 minutes before the show, how to, how to handle this. At he's, least he's on top of it. He does not, he's not a dirt bike rider though. No, does not ride. No, we just scraped him up from somewhere around Pahrump. He was, cool. he was, he was surfing. He was surfing in Pahrump at the dry lake, at the edge of the dry lake bed. Mm-hmm. Cause he looks like a surfer. Yeah. And so the waves weren't up today. So he came in today to lift concrete. To lift concrete and answer the calls. Yes. Or he's answering the calls to get out of lifting concrete. Because those, Logan, if I was you, I'd be having those guys doing dump runs, like at least loading the damn trailer up, you know, and you're in here, you go, I got to work, you guys handle this. Yeah. Um, well, our trailer's on jacks, so. I told you I have tires. I have a, I can help you out, but your dad's out there bailing you out right now. Yep. Oh, man, that guy. I drank beers with him last night. Oh yeah, I rode your bike. Your your um, we'll call it a tour of Jimmy bike. You're going to go on the tour of Jimmy. Yes. When we come yes. back from Tour Tech, I was out testing your bike, making sure it was good. Sweet. And if if the bike that was because the bike that was your bike, if it's better than my bike, then my bike will become your bike because I was trying to figure out which one's better. Which one has a seat concepts on it? Uh, neither of them have a seat concepts, but that is one of the calls I'm going to try to make. I know it's it's a it's a little bit of a rush because those bikes have low seats. Yes, and I was going to try to see if we can do something about that. Yeah, but they might because I, I don't know if they're if I don't know if they're going to the Tour Tech Rally. Who knows? Uh, and our next to last sponsor is there one more? No, no. Well, that's it? Uh, dirt bike test. Oh yeah, dirt, Jimmy Lewis Off Road Dirt that. Bike Test. Well, this is a dirt bike test product. My school, I'm pimping my school. Like I got my cups 
out here. I got my shirt on. Where I'm, can you get that cup? You have to earn Maybe. this cup. This one with the with the guy getting lifted up. The endo. Yeah. yeah. Remember when we used to do that a lot more in the class? Yeah. When I was smaller. Yeah. We did it all the time. Yeah. We don't do it that much anymore. Uh, probably because I'm getting older. I don't like lifting up motorcycles. Actually, I don't like and, people peeing themselves. Yeah. And also we lost Johnny. Oh, so. Big John was good for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big, Big John. You heard from that guy? I have not. Yeah. He's got a Tenere. He's got a Husky Rockstar Edition TPI bike. And I never hear from him. He's got all the cool toys. I guess he figured out what the cool toys for, were. He listened to mm -hmm. me and bought them and then just went on his own way. Yeah. He's so, living his best life. Best life. He needs to come by. I'd like to get him back on the show. We need a better rider with him too. That's right. We definitely need it because he's the tall guy. Tall guy. Yeah, the tall guy. So uh, check out www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. Uh, you can't get these. Actually, we gave these cups out to students that were subjected to my demonstration because I always ask for volunteers. Mm -hmm. And if you volunteer, then we. I forgot mine here. I got got given one. Oh, this because we did it to you or. Yeah, I got because these are collector's items. I've done I, it like 10 times. I, I ordered up like, you know, a couple hundred of these cups. These silly pints, they're really cool. Yeah, I can't, cool. They, I can't break them. Um, they're great for like, if you're going to go, you know, adventure touring, we'll take a couple of these with us. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll pour my beer in every night when we stop, I'll pour my beer in here and then you can put your whatever Pepsi or whatever, you, whatever, you, you know, your Sprite or something in yours. Mm -hmm. That way we won't break our cups. So, uh, yeah, you, you got one, of the, you get one of these cups. This might be yours. I don't know. It's just, just floating around this house and I'm drinking out of it now. Yeah. I don't know where mine went. I actually have one of those because back when I was a student, we did this to you. I, yeah, there's a picture of me on Facebook still of you doing that to me. Doing before, the drill before back when I was a student, just a, a young lad being taught how to ride a dirt bike. And if you want to know why we do this and you know, it's funny about this when I'm doing this, I'm also holding the, you're holding, the, I'm uh, holding a silly pint, yeah. like one of the cups. Cause the, the, I, I, I don't remember who made this, but they, they threw one in as a joke, mm -hmm. I think. And, and we, you know, they made this artwork for it and they, and I'm like, Oh, give us a hundred of those. So we ordered up a <laughs> hundred more of those. Oh, really? And then we started giving them out, um, to the people that did the, did the drill. So yeah. So Jimmy Lewis off road, we're not doing a whole lot until October, but, um, actually Paul Neff's CISPA cycles classes are coming up. He's got, okay. we announce, we will announce in our newsletter, his dates. Uh, he's very limited and Paul's getting, he's just training hard for Dakar. He's really working on Dakar. We're going to do a nice fundraiser for him. Uh, or he's going to do a nice fundraiser for himself. I'm going to help helping promote it right now, uh, up at the tour tech rally. And, uh, so if you want to, uh, just check Paul on, uh, Paul Neff or Cispus cycles on the socials and, uh, you can find out more about that i'm having too much fun with this uh an um counter <laughs> yeah we doubled it <laughs> in the doing sponsors we doubled we, it during we were sponsors. under 20 and then that last little section right there just just they just kept we're, around every other word we're at three ums a minute evidently according to rick levon i don't know yeah. if the math really matches that but we are over one it's per minute one per minute Thank you. Logan. We're going to, we're going to work. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I enjoy this. this hey Craig, thank you. Thank you for putting up uh, Paul's website there. 
<laughs> I was gonna say it, but I'm actually I can block it out. No, nope, I can no. I can, I can stall I can stall out just a little bit and not get it. It it's it's a such an easy word. The problem is is my mind runs at such a high speed. Right. And it's telling you the 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 use of that word and uh and but and they're just different things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like people use you know, and yeah. there's there's a few words, and it's like if you if you pay attention to it when you're listening to somebody, you pay attention to you you key on that, and it just starts bothering the crap out of people, especially people that have have been taught how to speak. I went to communication school and I was thinking about riding dirt bikes. So I wasted a lot of my time there. Mm-hmm. And so when they taught me this and what they taught me was because I went to speech classes and, and public speaking and broadcast speaking, they said, Jimmy, just slow down, enunciate, think about what you're going to say before you say it. But I didn't practice this. <laughs> I, I was like, while they were telling me this, I was thinking about like, you know, getting starts at a desert race or something. I was thinking about hole shotting a bomb run. This is what I was thinking about while somebody was telling me all these very important things that I could be using right now. Mm-hmm. So now, Logan, you know what I do? Yeah, I told you this about school, right? Yeah. Go there and steal something as opposed mm-hmm. to go there and think about bomb starts, bomb, bomb run runs. starts. Yeah. While they're telling you what you need to know. Don't waste your time in school letting it all go in one ear and out the other because in the last couple of minutes notice what i've done i rolled back into the the training or the teaching i had slowed down thought about what i was thinking let it flow out and set it properly now i'm gonna go back to being just dumb jimmy (laughs) you didn't say uh, the the word that whole time i know he's thinking about it because i actually worked Instead of just being natural, but back to the, the, the point I was trying to make is for someone's that that's minds going a little bit crazy or you're stalling. It's you're And on my part, I'm stalling for time to let myself think because the, the thought process hasn't finished and, and it's just, I've got to say something. And yes. if my lips aren't moving or I'm not making noise, I feel like, it's silence mm-hmm. and it, I might lose you. So I'm just, um, you know, hold on. It's, it's like, it's like when Fair you're enough. doing, it's like when you're doing a jump and you're up in the air and then the panic rev ensues. Yeah. That's the panic rev. That's the, the, you know, cause you feel like you're going to come up short. Yeah. But you got to extend it. So you give it a, you know, so that's, um, yes. And don't count that one. Oh, I'm not counting. That was, these a, ones. That was a descriptive. Right, right. It was descriptive. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Wait till Cletus comes back. Oh boy. <laughs> we need, we need oh, I'm, I'm excited for that counter. We, yeah. got, we got more stuff in the pipeline. He, he, likes, he likes to talk. He does. And he, he, he's not afraid. Not. He's not afraid to talk. He and keeps he does it going. not like to like, he wants to keep going. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, we've got to get somebody to call on the show and trust me, if you call into the show, you will be put on the um counter. Oh, I was not counting Johnny. This thing would be so much higher. If I was counting. Did for he Johnny. throw some ums out? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. There was. <laughs> we would probably be hit more than three per minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're just trying to be professional here. By 150 episodes of this show, I want it to be you know 
professional. We have a five. Yeah, we have tight. a five episode limit here to buffer. five episode buffer here it's to, buffer. to really get in because one fifty. You know, that's when it really gets serious, right? So we we've got through our spot. We did our sponsors like we're supposed to, right, Logan? Yep. Do we have a call in? We do we do have not, a call? We do, do not, not have one in. I will let you guys know. It'd be really nice if somebody would call into the show. Well, we had Johnny. Oh, I know. Johnny called in like he he circumvented the hotline. Mm-hmm. We've got a whole team of uh, qualified professionals in there waiting to take your call. You, you know, we yeah. kind of sound like we sound like operators uh, are standing by. We sound like whenever there's those charity drives and there's celebrities like answering the calls. Yeah. We, we kind of sound like that right now. Call in right now to, to donate. Oh, you don't even have to make a donation. Yeah. No. It, don't worry. It's costing us three cents a minute. <laughs> yeah. we have to, well, they're donating <laughs> their time. Six. You got to think about the opportunity cost that they're giving up in order to call us. <laughs> right. Somebody will take the challenge. I mean, George tried it last time, didn't he? Oh, well, he well. was forced. Oh. He was not forced. Yeah, he was. He was not forced. He was trying to figure out what was wrong with his Facebook, and he said, call in. <laughs> and... He was in the Facebook chat, right? When he called in. Yeah. Uh, speaking of George, there's a George sticker. And if you're, if you, if, if you're not watching this, if you're listening to this and you don't know what a George sticker is, unfortunately you have to see it all over the place. So yeah, it's George with a gold tooth. And a uh, thumbs up. I, I, and I, didn't, thumbs up. I didn't know. I didn't really notice the gold tooth. Is Gen it on? one? It was, or Gen two, or it was oh, it's, really, it's an upgrade. The gold. Yeah. Tooth. That might've been two or three do my graphics on that bike the george bike that i raced do they have the big gold tooth mine does it's pretty oh you have graphics you have yeah george that's the graphics? only graphics i have on my bike that's why it's last on the resurrendo oh because of the george graphics that's the only reason i think it's on the on the old one yeah the old resurrendo it's hey don't we have some questions oh let's get to the questions <laughs> let's dive right in you want to take todd's I think you should take it, Logan. You need the oh boy. Yeah, and I need some time. I think I found... I've, I think I found the culprit for the coolant issue, loss issue. The short answer is I caused it. Here's the process I used. Whoa, wait a minute. Do we just have someone admit to fault? Maybe. That's a very interesting human characteristic. I don't see that much, but okay, let's go. I drained the oil, which was milky and noticed roughly 200 milliliters of antifreeze in it after letting it settle for months. This led me to suspect something inside the engine. Next, I used the, a hand pump and cob, cobbled together a radiator cap to pressure test the cooling system while the engine was cold, the pressure would drop from 15 PSI to 10 PSI over a 12 hour period of time. I also removed the oil filter and verified that no coolant was leaking into the chamber while the system was pressurized. The oil filter cavity shares a center seal case seal with a cooling passage. I think I then ran a link down test. The leakage was less than 2% or within the measurement error. I then focused on the water pump seal that replaced a year ago, less than 5,000 miles. While I was attempting to remove it, I noticed the outer lip of the seal adjacent to the case was split. 
Imagine if someone took a scalpel and sliced it, sliced the circumference of the seal at the outer split edge. I suspect that the impeller may have been rubbing against it, but there are no witness marks on the impeller. When I installed it last year, I could not get the seal to sit flush with the case without using excessive force. So I left the seal a lot, a little proud. This is where I'm at. I'm not convinced, completely convinced, but I have a suspect. So, so Todd had, I believe it's a KTM 500 and he, like I said, was discovering a little bit of oil inside of the he was, he was he was getting milky oil. So in other words, water was getting into his um, basically motor. And we I think we went back and forth and I said, yeah, it's probably going through this seal. And uh, so he wasn't sure, but he was worried about another another place, another gasket surface that I, I believe was of concern to him. So he kind of got back to us, which is awesome. I love it when I you know, when somebody gets back and he, you know, like I said, in the beginning, he's like he said, I think I found the problem. So when he was replacing the seal, remember what, what's one of my famous things that I tell people when they have a problem with their motorcycle? Reference. Go back to the last what was, what, oh. remember guys, come on, you guys, what, the, what was the last thing you worked on? What was the last thing you did? And he's like, well, I had just replaced my oil pump seal or something. And I might be getting the story a little bit wrong with him specifically, but it was something like this. And then, so we said, Hey, check that. And so anyways, he, he, started he was worried because the water level was going down a little bit and i will tell you with most bikes and ktms in particular if you fill your your coolant up to the very tip top of your radiator to where you know it's like when you put the cap on it's right there under normal use it's gonna it's gonna expand down and if you look at the ktm owner's manual which by the way i have strange i mean why would you ever look at an owner's manual but it actually recommends leave it down a few millimeters you know like like 10 millimeters or something down so there's some space in there for expansion. Anyhow, he was worried. He, he said he was filling it up and he was losing some coolant. I think that was his thing. And then he found it, found out where it was going. It was going into his oil. So instead of blowing it out the overflow, it was getting it down in there. And I'm like, yeah, probably seal. And now, now he's said, okay, he has this thing. I, I don't see, I, I, when he talks about that, that, you know, the tear around the circumference and stuff like that, I don't see how that is affecting it i mean because the impeller usually sits a little bit i mean even though his seal is quite what he calls proud which means out outside a little outside a little bit uh and i and and from what i recall there's two seals in it isn't there a seal on both sides there's so. there's an internal seal and an external seal i, I haven't there been one i haven't worked on on one well, I, I kind of just did, but I didn't, it just blew right through it. So <laughs> it was went. this a two stroke? No, it's, it's a four stroke. Oh, cause I, I know on my, yeah. On, yeah. There's usually, a, there's an oil seal on one side and a water seal. And there's actually in between that, there's a, there's a, there's a cavity in there that vents to atmosphere. And so a lot of times, and this is the strange thing. A lot of times the water will go in there and then leak out it go external as before it gets into the oil. That's why I'm kind of curious about the, the whole setup, but so somehow it's passing 
through there. But yeah, if that, I, but on the KTM 500, is there, I know on the old RFS bikes, for sure, there was a, there was a, you know, if, if, the, if the coolant got past the coolant seal, it would drain out onto the side of the cylinder. And it, they always did. But um, there's my arm. Um, Oh yeah, I was getting ready yeah. to try change something really quick, and then you I was thinking, maybe, maybe I was do that. I was thinking about it. So I don't know that the that the seal that the impeller running on that seal could really, unless it was really proud, could could affect it because the backside of the impeller is kind of smooth. But if it doesn't go in, if it if it needs to be if it needs to be proud, like you say, or if it was proud, I wonder if that seal got a little bit cockeyed in there, and then. Yeah, I, I need to. I would actually need to go out and look at this specific bike and and re refresh myself with that. But so, what's the question? Do you have any tips on removing the water pump seal? I have drilled three <laughs> small holes in the seal, but it is wedged in and doesn't want to come out. Mm. And I do have some tips for you to remove that seal with, with, and this is, he's talking about removing the seal without popping off the case. So first you probably need to go down to Mexico and get yourself some in quiet. Oh, <laughs> I'm doing it phonetically. I'm warming, warming everybody up for the say it with Cooper segment that we're mm -hmm. going to start doing. It's incognito. Yeah. I N Q U I E T O. You say it, Logan. In Quito. In Quito. In Quito. No. In quiet. In quiet. Yeah. So we're right. <laughs> Anyways, this is the tequila. It's because it is Tech Talk Tequila Tuesday. In case you thought it was called something else, uh, this is our. This is what I'm having tonight, and this is re also really good. I um, imported it, of course, you know, semi legally from. Uh, from Mexico, I'll put this, uh, I always put it right behind the logo, the Tech Talk logo. It never makes it into the show, but I'll get it right about here so you can see it next to the dinosaur head. Uh, and here's how you get that seal out. So after you have your, you know, your shot of tequila, if you're above 21 and you're capable of handling a nice, tasty, semi-expensive tequila, you should drill some holes in that seal carefully. And you want to get the majority of the shavings from those the seals to don't don't just send it right down into the metal part of the seal, but drill down in there. And I've done this two ways. I've drilled multiple holes, little tiny holes, and then put a nice piece of safety wire and wrapped, you know, made a U shape out of the safety wire and fed it through the seal and then and then wire tied it and done it on both sides and popped it up. So so you're you're pulling it up kind of square. So so it would be four holes and two sets of safety wire hooked down through the the two holes you drilled and back up and then then wire tie it and just give it a little tug. And I've done that with uh water pump seals. I've done that with countershaft, especially the countershaft seals because you don't want to split the cases to pop those suckers out. And, and a lot of times, so the other thing you could do is sometimes is you can, you got to be careful because you don't want to just, you don't want to hurt the, 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 the shaft surface of the, of the spinny part, we'll call it. And, 
And so sometimes I've been able to, on the countershaft seals, especially because you can pull the sleeve out, you can actually put the wire around there and you only have to drill one hole and then fish it out through there. And then you get it on both sides and pop that out. So that's how I would get that seal out. And if it's in there crooked, you're you're going to fight it a little bit. If it's in there nice and square, and you can give it a nice square, but those things are flexible and they'll 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 come out. But um, that's the this you will not find this technique in any owner's manual at all. By the way, this is a full on garage technique. I think we've done something on Tech Talk about this, uh, not on Tech Talk, but on dirt bike test. I think we've or we've done it someplace. I've shown this technique before. So that's, um, that's how I would get it out. Be careful putting those back in, use a little seal grease on them. Um, just take your time when you, when you set that seal down, you know, just be very careful about, you know, the first, you know, just guiding it in nice and straight. Cause if it starts out crooked, you're going to be fighting it the whole time. Who watched me do that the other day? Was anybody, was it anybody here? Uh, maybe yeah cooper cooper saw me cooper saw me struggle with uh, with the what were we putting a seal in the the, that was a long the does that that that, that doesn't go to um right that's the slowing the brain down right that was good the the yeah we were working on something it wasn't pretty but it was the 500 the matte one the matte 500 or was that one? Because I made that? him put the skid plate back on that. And linkage stuff. Oh, it was, he was doing, oh, it was on the BBR CRF 230. Could be. Yeah. He was we're, working on that. You guys were. I don't remember. We were, we were working on a lot of stuff. So that's the thing that we were working on. So next we have a recluse auto clutch question explained. Kevin Deho. Dinoho. Donoho. Donoho. It's not Donahue, it's Donoho. Donahue. No. Donoho. 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 Hey, I've got a question. I bought a 2013 Hoosberg TE300 that the previous owner installed a recluse auto clutch core EXP. It did not give me any of the parts that he replaced when I when is stalling it. Did not give me any of the parts that he replaced when it, when is, when installing it. Question is, what do you, what do I need to go do to go back to manual clutch? Good question. Um, buying time. <laughs> if it's an um counter, I'm going to strike the keyboard just a little harder. Okay. So we can hear it. It's just a click. Oh Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. We'll, we'll get a little sound for it when we, by 150, we'll have it dialed in. What parts do I need to go back to the stock clutch? There's a, there's a couple different pieces. You could, in theory, figure out the, the gap of the recluse expandable part. And it depends on what he, he said it was an EXP. 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 You can figure out the, the distance of the EXP and literally fill that gap up with clutch plates, like standard clutch plates. And then your clutch will work like a normal clutch again, believe it or not, because you've taken the piece that goes in expanding in and out. And there's some adjust, adjustment you can do with the 
the slave unit that you could fine tune for that gap. So there's some stuff you can do to make to make it work like this. But I would be willing to bet that if you went on some sort of a KTM 300, you know, Husaberg 300, you could probably call Matt. Don't you have a recluse? No, you no, took it out. I took that one out for Henson years ago. Okay. I was going to say you could call Matt and probably because he needs a recluse, you know, because it takes you it takes you up one skill level. It really does. And he needs to do that. So you could probably call him and he would send you out his stock clutch parts and you could trade for <laughs> the recluse. And then that way, Matt gets a free recluse. But aside from actually, I think you could probably go on one of these forums literally and tell somebody, hey, I have all the EXP parts. Can we can we trade? And somebody there will be helpful enough to show you pictures of the manual. And maybe you have this, but it'll show you the different parts and you could do a, like a part swap. That would be the easier, easier thing or just go back and anything that inside of that clutch that is not stock, go back through and just replace it with stock parts. And there's different levels of the, the you know, the core EXP or the there's different there's different names. I wish I remembered all the names of the different levels of stuff. And that's what I would do. Next. 250 EX shootout. XC shootout. XC. Andrew Disco. Andrew Disco? Yeah. It's kind of weird because the EX 250 is the lightest, most peak power, and widest gearbox of the three. And probably the most expensive. Just shows how often KTMs do the most develop and changes and still manage to well balls it up esp given the honda and kawasaki are pretty much pure mx bikes really just buy the 250r with the nice tank and put the 18 inch wheel on and you have a better bike than the rx thanks for the review so what so he's saying that the the gas gas which is like the ktm which is like the the husky is the only one that has a special gearbox the widest the widest gearbox i th i i'm not sure i don't think so i'm actually going to pull up the test that trevor put up recently to see how many gears that thing has because i don't remember they're six they're all six speeds yeah yeah, the, the yeah. even even the Yamaha is a six speed, so they're all six speeds. I I think the KTM might have or the EX. I think the the gas gas, and I I didn't I haven't paid attention you know to know specifically about this. By the two fifty R, I mean he's he's just switching around which bikes he's talking about at this point. He's kind of bouncing mm -hmm. around, and uh. I don't know what balls it up mean, but that means like screw it up. But I don't, it depends on the rider. All those bikes are really good. And it's kind of funny because Trevor is always asking me, he's like, Hey, like, you know, only a couple of guys like this bike. And I'm like, that happens all the time. I mean, there's bikes that it's, it's good or bad or, you know, for one individual guy, it doesn't mean it's a good or bad bike. It means for that person, it's good or bad. And that's why they, that Trevor and we, when we test these bikes, we take the time to ride all of them and diagnose them and let everybody's have their opinions. So 
we're describing them as opposed to saying it's good or bad because you may like the wider transmission or the closer transmission. And yeah, the Kawasaki is a motocross bike with, I don't think they even changed the valving and the suspension. I think they just changed the springs, but it's the motocross motor. I don't even know if there's a different, I think the mapping, the map might be different or one map is different than the way it is in the motocross bike. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't ridden them. I haven't, I have to actually put time on bikes to, till to remember what, you know, I, I, I don't remember. I can read the spec sheets all day and until I ride it, I don't remember it. So that's all I know. What's next? Power lights video. Finn 825. Does the flywheel from the WR increase inertia to reduce stalling? That's a Trevor specific question. Cause he put, he put the WR flywheel and ignition on the fx and since if it is bigger and it's heavier and it generates more power there's two things that are going on there one it's bigger and heavier has more inertia so that should help stalling but it's also pulling more of a load off those magnets which could increase stalling and i don't know until i actually ride it i would say i would actually in all honesty i would say that fx's are a little bit less prone to stalling than wr's and I think it's it more has to do with just the mapping issues and the characteristics of the bike. But you can put the competition ECU on it and then that goes away and it's more like an FX. So I think it has a lot to do more with the, the fueling and the timing as opposed to the difference between the flywheel weights. If you're having a problem with an FX stalling or WR stalling, I think it can be tuned a little bit more with the fuel injection and ignition timing than with, I wouldn't go straight to flywheel. Like in the old days, we didn't have any options because you had a carburetor, you had ignition, that had one curve. But with the Yamaha specifically, with that power tuner app, you can just do crazy stuff with it. And the WR also needs to have, the WR also needs to have a, competition ECU put on it so that it really works out. Jimmy, are you old enough to know the origin of the term balls out? I'll bet Chris real does. I know what balls out means. What the origin, the origin, you know, origin. I don't know. I didn't do research. How's our call center in there doing? They texting you telling no. you they're bored out of, out of their just the, the, comments or questions in there okay yeah i've been putting them in the in the sheet what this, the, is, this is how we used to are do they it. asleep in the call center there could be there's no asleep. i can hear them every now and then yeah so they're not asleep some somebody yeah somebody might you know call in so just we need to get the heat the heat into the seat concepts hot seat hotline somebody's got to have a hot topic they want to talk about like Rick, yeah. Rick LeVon says FXs are more ballsy. You want to talk about it? Bring it on. <laughs> the number is, if you want to call in, it's 775-318-5515. That's right. It's too far for me to see with these old things. Hey, I want to uh, shout out, quick shout out to uh, Focky Racing for this awesome hat and this sticker and another sticker. And some other stuff. They Jerry did a really cool design for us that uh, I keep forgetting to get back with them on it. 
it's going to be the the rooster endo logo it's pretty cool right matt i i, you got I to thought see it was it. good yeah yeah so we have the rooster endo logo coming coming in hot maybe we're going to do a limited run of t-shirts maybe hey and you know what's coming up father's day most of you guys that are probably listening to this show are fathers and what you need to do right now is you need to go to we went fast.com and we, you somehow you need to get that into your searching and stuff. You need to walk around all of your siblings and your wife and you need to say we went fast.com a lot of times so that the Google brains pick it up and somehow that they, that stuff gets recommended on your website because they have lots of cool Father's Day gifts. I saw BJ's little note and he says, he says, don't wander around the aisles of the home improvement store looking for something that's you're probably going to get wrong because if you go to we went fast mm -hmm. and get one of the t-shirts or the coffee mugs or the cool collector's books that he has what was the name of the, the what's the name of that book you used to like looking at the pictures at the grand prix something yeah some series it's, it's a it's it's around here someplace grand, grand prix, prix motocross, motocross 1972 world championship season by Terry Pratt, um, which is a collector's item book that BJ has for sale. He bought a case of them. Uh, and there's a cool story about how he got that. Yeah, he on, talked about it in his yeah. podcast. On his yeah, podcast, podcast and website. So uh, check out wewentfast.com uh, if you're struggling for a Father's Day gift or getting one that you actually need. Did you get one for your dad, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. The posters are cool too there. It was on We Went Fast. <laughs> Okay. Uh, question in the chat. What do we got? Sage stuff, stuff, stuffer, S staffer, 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 staffer. It's like staffer, like a staffer would work for you, but spelled differently. With a U. Yeah. I'm five three, about one oh five pounds, and I ride a one twenty five, and want a Honda one fifty, but I'm wondering if by the time that I save up, I'll want a bigger bike. Okay. I need to know a few other things, Stoffer. Uh, what's your time frame? How much, what's your hourly weight rate? <laughs> so I can kind of do some calculations here. Uh, scroll that back down. Cause I, I need to, I need to check on this real quick. I want a hot, you ride a one twenty five. So what kind of one twenty five? And which Honda 150? Because Honda has like the CRF 150 and they have the, the big wheel, the 150F and the 150R, which are two completely different bikes. You know, the CRFR is like the little race bike. Yeah. And the F is like the, the play bike. Yes. And so I'm not sure which one, but your size at 5'3 and 105 pounds would put you in the category for almost any of those bikes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big fan of grow into the bike, but it really depends on, you know, the hourly rate you're earning and what your time frame is. And I'll get right back to you. You, sh you could call in, Sage. You could call in on the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline at 775-318-5515. We have operators standing by to take your call and they'll tunnel you straight into the show. And you don't even have to donate to the cause. Like I was, I was going to suggest maybe like bald men need hair cause or something like that. Don't know why. So, okay. What's the next question on the sheet? The sheet or the show? Whichever. The sheet. sheet. 
2022 stock YZ450FX racing video. Max Henry, any problems with the way the air filter is held in place? Those flimsy looking tabs don't look like they work very good. Stupid design, Yamaha. Whoa, Max Henry. So obviously he doesn't have a whole lot of experience with the the Yamaha, the current Yamaha YZ air filter. It's one of the easiest access, simplest, like it's just a clip, get it out of the way, put the filter on and off. It's good to go. Mm -hmm. and, and it's high location. In my opinion, it's air intake from the front for the most part, as long as you're not just riding in someone's dust is a, is a good location. Actually in water crossings, it's really, really good especially compared to some other bikes that you go in and air filter goes underwater. This one actually stays up high and out of the way, but maybe that's not your concern. You like looking at videos on the internet and projecting on what you think you should have some experience with something before you call something a stupid design. I have in all of my time using the, the, the current, you know, since 2010 on the YZs, I thought that was actually a really good side. It was a, it was a little tougher getting in the box in the old days, but they made it so much so much easier. You have you have did you sell your YZ? No, you haven't sold it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and the, the only re, the only reason you're selling it is because of that airbox design, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, and he's shaking his head. No, <laughs> you're gonna miss that airbox design. Yeah, actually. Airbox designs on a lot of bikes have become a lot better. I remember when you could not get a Honda air filter out of the airbox. It just like didn't fit. And if it did, you had to rub it on stuff. And you're talking about a dusty air filter or something that has dirt on it. And when foam rubs up against a flat plastic surface, it surface, it shoots the dirt everywhere. Yeah. And then you have to clean out the damn thing. And imagine if you're doing a longer race where you're changing air filters mid race, that's a problem where that Yamaha is good. So no, it's not a dumb design. Uh, no, it's, we've never, I've never had one come loose or fall in place. The only thing I've really had problems with that design. I don't know if it's gotten any better because I haven't had one for a while. I will. I'm getting a YZ250FX, Logan. Oh. Yeah. Getting, you're going to have to talk to me. See how, see how I get that get put into the agenda. You know what I mean? Is when I'm racing motocross on one, I would get roosted and there would be these little dirt balls in the air inside of the air box. So, you know, like a piece of dirt would get roosted in there. And I think, you know, especially if it was kind of muddy, it would get in there and then it vibrate around and they'd build these little tiny dirt balls that would be, so you'd open your air filter up and there'd be these nice balls of dirt that were really fun to pick out and throw at people. Cause you couldn't make them that you'd have to spend some time making them mm -hmm. that way yourself. But that was the only awkward thing that ever happened to me with the Yamaha, the current model Yamaha Airbox. So, uh, your question, Max, is disqualified. Yes. Electric water pumps in Supercross. Zachary Waters. Waters. Zachary Wa Walters. Waffers. Waters. Waters. Okay. Personally, I think electric water pumps would be a great thing for the a cheap, easy fix for older bikes that have a corroded housing, but outside of that they probably don't have that big of a place so it's funny because at the beginning was it supercross season was when those things when when the electric uh, water pumps kind of hit ferocity they they you know it was it was a it was the the latest thing actually i was listening to a podcast today where where 
um, one of the journalists was talking about, you know, some of the things on the bikes and there was some cool, he was talking about some cool stuff. And it's funny cause I haven't seen it pop up, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that when we get a chance. But so the electric water pumps, you know, it was, there was, Oh, it's all about horsepower. And then it was all, it's all about cooling and it's all about this and that. And it's it for the, for the regular guy, it really makes no difference whatsoever. I mean, you are not going to, there's no advantage, disadvantage, but let's say that your water pump housing did corrode. And I've seen this happen. On, I've had it personally happen on KTM cases that were made out of magnesium where the cooling ate it. And yeah, and we just, Bob just said old Huskies. By the way, Bob, welcome to the show. Glad you're not dead because Bob didn't show up last time. And so we just figured he was dead. That's what we do around here. Uh, are you still riding your bike around town? Yeah. You might die. You know, the, I you got to be careful because the drivers around here, I thought Orange County was bad, but Pahrump, bike versus bike versus car in Pahrump does not go very well. Wasn't there? Especially the old people. Wasn't there really something? Well, half of them are riding in the middle of the road, Bob, and they're 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 not that old. They're only like forty. But I, if you do enough speed, you think you can go down the middle of the road, or you're just on the middle of the road. But you're also yelling at the wires on your bicycle frame or something. I don't know. So, anyways, oh hey, we got a call. Holy moly! So let's bring them in. Sage, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, Hot Seat Hotline. How are you doing? Good. How are you? We are having a great night tonight. Uh, glad you glad you took the challenge to make the call. Uh, it scares off most of our it scares off most of our viewers. The hotline. <laughs> where Where are you from? Uh, California and okay. uh, Mariposa. Mariposa, California. And what bike do you currently have? Uh, like, a, it's the first bike I ever got. And I, I didn't have a lot of money. So I got like a cheap little Chinese uh, Apollo RFZ. I think it's 2021. Okay. It's the Apollo R RFZ. I don't know. I'm not familiar. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with this, but it probably looks like most of the other like kind of Chinese 125s and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what the good thing but about I'm wondering. I'm going to tell you the good thing about that bike and and so the interesting thing is those bikes are kind of known to be yeah, we'll call it a little janky, would you agree with me? Yeah, it makes like a little bit of a weird noise. Right. <laughs> so, but they they're good because unlike unlike the the current bikes, if you, if you were to buy like a, like you're talking about a Honda 150, those things are stone reliable and bulletproof and they last forever. And, and your Apollo will probably, some stuff will break. You're going to have to, you know, like little bolts will strip out or things will bend or break off. And you get to learn how to be uh -huh. a good mechanic by working on that thing. And, and so yeah. it's something that a lot of kids these days just kind of miss out on. They, they, they go right to a really good bike and they just start it and it runs every time. It works perfect. They don't have to worry about modifying it. And, and you're going to have to learn how to fix that bike. So, okay, now I know where you're at. And which CRF are you looking at, though? 150F or the 150R? Uh, whichever one, just like the normal one. The normal one. Whichever one's cheap. 
Whichever one's cheap. So the 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 CRF150F is probably a little bit cheaper than the CRF150R. And what what I would suggest if you're if you're you know pinching the pennies and working hard to get that bike, yeah, I would start looking to try to get them to try to find a used one. And I wouldn't limit yourself to maybe just the Honda because you can start looking at and not just the 150. There's like there's some really good 125s also like so Yamaha has a TTR 125. That's a good bike. I have one of those. You can look at older uh, Honda CRF 100s. Logan here has a CRF 125. Yes. Um, So there's lots of bike. Kawasaki makes a KLX 125. Um there was a DRZ 125 at some time. I don't know if there's, but there's a lot of bikes in that range that you can probably buy used. And remember what I just said, how they're, they're kind of indestructible and you know, you, uh-huh. you, so you can actually buy a used one for a little bit, you know, less of a price and then have still have a really good bike. That's going to, that's going to run and work pretty good for you. Yeah. How much would the used ones be? Cause like brand new, they're like five grand. Right. So, so they're even, I think they're even a little bit more than that They're but the used ones I've seen like around three. Yeah. You say it's, it's, it's in the market around three, you can kind of find something in, in that range. So I'd be willing to bet if you kind of looked around, but at the, at the same time, you, from what I can tell, you're not looking at that, like CRF 150R, which is the race bike. Yeah. I'm not racing. I'm like, this is, I got this dirt bike, like brand new, first one I've ever had, like, like three months ago, I think. And it's, it's still running and working, but just making a weird noise. Yeah. Just when I get going a little fast, it makes kind of like a weird, like squeaky noise. Huh? Do Do you know where the squeaky noise is coming from? Uh, no. Uh, it has, I feel like it might be the carburetor or something because the intake is right next to the ground. It's not like under the seat. And I think it might like be pulling some stuff into it or something. I don't know. Huh. It doesn't sound very good. It has an air filter on it, right? Uh, yeah. 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 I, so is it, is the intakes near the ground? That's a strange yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird so 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 you're saying like, that on this bike the cylinder three feet from the car the cylinder is or not three feet the cylinder is angled forward correct i'm pretty sure i'll go check oh you'll check <laughs> okay so the cylinder isn't going like up and down it's kind of going forward and backwards in relation to where the motorcycle is set uh-huh. up yeah. Okay. We're we're getting a picture right now as we speak of the uh, Apollo. Yeah. Is it a DBX eighteen? Yeah. It's going. It's going straight forward. Okay. Yeah. So we have we have a picture of that. I've been shown a picture of that thing. So that's that's the that's the stereotypical yeah kind of knockoff bike. Well, the good thing is you can find a lot of parts for that. I don't, the air filter shouldn't be really reaching the ground. It should be kind of right ab- above the top of the motor, right? Yeah, it's like above the crankcase, kind of. Yeah, that's that's the normal place for it. And and they do make kind of a lot of funny noises because it's actually not a proper air box. It's just a lot of times those bikes have an air filter. Can you pop that up on the screen there, Matt, and maybe drop it into the chat? We're going to try to get it up on the screen for all of our all of our viewers, so everybody knows what we're talking about. 
if we can kind of save save that image. Yeah, I bet you it doesn't. I bet you it has a pod filter right on the back. Is that the way it looks like, Logan? Yeah. It's not as good as your, what were you working on the other night? The uh, the Honda Spree? Honda Spree. Honda Spree. Yeah, that 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 had a little air filter issue too. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, hey, you know, our viewers on the chat right now, um, Sage, are saying that we should give you a learn to ride class at Jimmy Lewis Off-Road. How, how's your riding skills? Uh, not super good. I can Perfect. like ride it comfortably. I just learned how to ride on like my friend's little 70. Yeah. So we're going to, Matt can hook you up with this, right? Yeah, if you so, go ahead and email me. So you email Matt at, it's Matt at Jimmy Lewis com. It's pretty easy to find. He's going to give you a discount code so you can get that free class. And it's, you, you know, you know how to ride already, but there's some stuff about balance, some little tricks about balance in there that'll make a whole lot of difference, right, Logan? Uh -huh. Yes. And when you watch when you watch the the demonstrate rider in the video, that's Logan. <laughs> yeah, look at he's, yes. he's, really. He's like, yeah, that's Logan right there. He was he was probably about three inches smaller when he did that video, but a couple more. But he's grown up. So we're gonna hook you up with that, and uh, so email Matt for that and. Yeah, I think uh, that I think that noise might be kind of normal noises for that particular bike. And but a lot of times, uh -huh. like the jetting isn't spot on with those things. And there's there's a lot of things that kind of rattle and bounce around. But, you know, pay attention to it, but get that thing all cleaned up and sell it. And then you'd be able to kind of step into to, to your next bike. All right. But what, thank it's, you. Oh, what's the email again? It's Matt at Jimmy Lewis and it, I did put it in the chat uh, as a response to when you asked about where to send it in for Rooster Endo. Right. So it, it, it'll oh, be in the Facebook Oh, he's sending well. that bike in for Rooster Endo. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you take a good right. picture. And then, uh, yeah, yeah right. we, we a good picture because I don't want to beat on you for a bad picture. So take a good picture and make sure you give me the year making model because I'll forget about the Apollo. <laughs> Got that? Yes. Awesome, Sage. Hey, good, good. Glad you're glad you're watching, and uh, tell you tell your friends. Follow Logan on TikTok. All right. Thank you. <laughs> okay, see ya. Have a good day. All right. There we go with our seat concepts hot seat. See, I can be nice. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask. We got more calls ready. For I didn't. Too. I didn't ask him if he needed a seat concept seat because I know that they're not making the seats for the Apollos currently. Right. It's it's on. It's kind of it's a future project. They're concentrating hard on the KTM 390s, which mm -hmm. they have a really nice seat coming for it. And some of the uh, Nordens, the the Husky Nordens. So, okay, we got another call. Mm -hmm. Logan, do we need to take a break? Do you need to take a break? We can take a break. After are, this are, your, are, your, are, your, are your legs all crossed and like you're doing the, the, the what do they call it, the PB dance? No. You're good? Okay. Okay, next, next, uh, next question. Who, what do we got, Logan? Oh, wait, we got a call right here, though. Richard with a question about workout regimen and issues on tubeless tire system. Okay. Is uh, Richard in the room? Richard, you there? Uh, I think I am. Hey, Richard. Yeah. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline. What bike are we talking about? Uh, so I have a, a 2020 uh, 501 Husky. Okay. Seat Concepts makes a seat for that. Um, do you have that seat on your bike? I do not. Uh, I need to. 
that well, could, I, I find myself standing so much that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's a good answer, but that could be the start of all your problems. But okay, let's get to your question. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um. First, first question. Basically, you know, so I'm kind of gearing up to start uh, start racing um, with Moran. Um. And you know, I've been doing a lot of googling on like kind of, you know, what people recommend for workout regiments. Um, and I find it's a lot of like motocross racers that are, and you know, so they recommend doing kind of like high intensity interval training. And so I've been starting with that. Um, and I was just kind of wanted to pick your brain as like more of like a desert, you know, distance racing, things like that. Do you find that the hit training is the way to go or a blend of that and like sustained cardio kind of, what do you recommend? So I, I definitely have, were you the one that we talked to last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're answering the questions. Okay. So awesome. Um, so as far as the, as far as the training and stuff goes, I think there's kind of two levels on where we would start. And so the way I would say is if you, you know, cause the races are about, end up being about like two to two and a half hours long for most people at a Moran, you would say roughly. Yeah. Okay. So I was just going to, you know, I always thought desert races to me were two to two to three hours, somewhere in there. So the first question is, are you comfortable just going out and riding it? We'll call it an aggressive trail riding pace for two to three hours and you don't become that tired. How, how's the conditioning at that level? Uh, so I definitely haven't done that long of a ride. Uh, I definitely, I've done like an hour ride at a pretty decent pace and I, I felt fine. Um, so I, I'll have to go out and do some more riding kind of. So, so before I'll lower the pace a little bit and go longer. Yeah. So before I worry about anything else, I would go out and do some, two, two and a half hour long rides, you know, don't go, don't go race pace. Just, you're just going to go out there and make sure you're riding and not really stopping. You know, you can stop once and for, for three minutes and, you know, take a leak and, you know, drink some water or whatever, fill up with gas, but, but go out and do some, some riding at, at for that length of time, just to see how your body responds. And, and maybe kind of build that in if you have the time, you know, build that into the, the, the training regimen or the practice regimen. So you're actually simulating what you're going to actually go out and do, because no matter what, when you go do your first race, just the, the, the intensity of being at a race and, and, and feeling the, the, the pressure and stuff is going to kick it up a, a little extra notch. But I would say before I actually tried to train something specific, I would go do that to, to have my body tell me, you know, your body's going to talk back to you and tell you, Hey, these muscles are sore. Or I was noticing I was running out of wind. And then, then, and only then can you decide what you need to do for, for your, you know, for your training. Because if somebody says, Oh, you need to be cycling, you know, 45 minutes a day at high intensity or cycling for two or three hours, you know, maybe you find out that, Hey, I can go to get on the bicycle and, and cycle for a long period of time and experience some of those same things. So you can work on, you know, at that point, then you can develop the regimen afterwards, but I wouldn't worry about it. Like on the, on the first, but it, and it also depends on the other thing I would tell you is, is that a lot of these race courses get chewed up and get kind of hoopty dude, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of beat. So, so, uh, squatting type exercises, <laughs> you know, squatting, especially under kind of your, your own weight or doing any sort of squats, that, that sort of thing, you'll find that those muscles tend to come into play in, in racing. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the, the other question I have, so I've got a, a tubeless system on, on both the front and the rear 
and I'm kind of curious. I don't know. I keep basically I keep bending wheels. Um, at least kind of pinching the the you know the edge of the rim out, and so they're like they end up not holding air. Kind of, uh, kind, of just kind of curious. normal in the desert racing world. Like uh, you know, bent bent oh, rims are pretty oh, okay. are so, pretty pretty common. Yeah. Okay. And what what pressure are you running? So you know, I tend to kind of throw it around. 12 maybe i'll put it up to 15 if i'm feeling you know if i'm like not if i think there's like a slow week because that's one of the things that I, I don't think the rear holds air just fine the front i, I don't know if you know this maybe a spoke is loose or whatever but i always feel like it's just over the course of a couple rides you know it just will you know never really holds 100 percent perfect air so i'm wondering if you know maybe i'm starting to lose air as i'm getting on the trail and then just getting low enough to start deflecting off of rocks and bending things so for desert racing i think 12 is a little risky as far as just pressure whether you're okay. running tubes or, or unless you're running a moose unless you want to have a 12 psi feel and you're running you know you're running a moose and you're going to dent rims if you're hitting stuff like this anyways and and do, so you you when you hit something that you get a ding in your rim you feel it correct yeah, I mean, you, I could definitely, you know, this you, last one. You, I, you remember I, the I rock. Hard hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I just want to make sure that because I, because I've ridden with people and had partners that would hit stuff and they come back and there's a big old dent and you can see either the tube or the moose inside of there and they would come back and go, I didn't hit anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, you did. <laughs> so at least you have the feel for this. So I would suggest running a slightly higher pressure. I don't know if tubeless would be my first choice. I would probably prefer heavy duty tubes above a tubeless system for desert racing. And then moose would be the most ideal and, you know, newer, okay. larger, larger moose in, in the order of things. But, uh, um, the, the denning, the rim can generally be avoided by not hitting the rock. That's the, that's the, the first, <laughs> the first thing. And so if you, if you start noticing what it takes to hit and, and dent your rim and, and there's plenty of roads you can go and find where the rocks are that bad, where you can kind of learn this, if it's, if it's difficult, I don't want you to go dent your rim, but you could start going to where you, you get the ting feeling, you know, the ping where it's like, okay, that's, that's compressed the everything out of my tire and my suspension stiff enough to where it's doing it. And then teach yourself. I can't hit those. It just, you know, when, gotcha. when, even when I was racing at a high, high level, I'm not hitting those because it's just, because you're going to, a, you're going to, you, you stand a chance of breaking the bike, you know, which, you know, or, or having a catastrophic crash. Cause if you're kind of hitting them and that means you're out of control cause you don't want to hit them. And so you, you got to modulate the speed. And generally that comes down to, being better on the brakes and there's a whole lot of stuff for it, but maybe just practicing a little bit of that would, would help out. Awesome. Uh, and just kind of one last little piggyback question on that. Like, uh, have you, I mean, is it, can I take kind of like a, like a, um, like a acetylene, like a, a torch and kind of heat the wheel up and maybe like kind of, cause it's not like a massive bow out on the, on the rim. I'm wondering if these can be straightened out pretty easily or I, should I just get in, something new? In in my history, I've never had any success bending rims back straight. It just, I've, I've heard okay. of people doing it. You know, I've tried clamping them and vices and I beat the crap out of them with a sledgehammer. I've done all this and I've never had, it, it's got to the point where I just kind of let them ride. I knew which ones were, 
you know, actually I have a, I have two sets of wheels down at W right now that, um, well, I didn't do one of them. Andrew short did it for me because he, he was so pissed off at his wheel. He just gave it to me, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> he, he, so, but, uh, but they, they, there's some pretty, and then another one that, you know, I collectively, you know, over many years dented it up, but it just gets to the point where you just have to replace the rim. So, uh, hopefully, yeah, that, uh, that'll help you out. And, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving us a call tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy. Oh, hey, let us know how your race goes. Yep. We want a race report here. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a figure out a bike. I, I don't know if I saw. It. I put it on the YouTube channel. I, I went and kind of checked out a few of the bikes. I checked out the YZ 450 FX, and right now, out here, just wants you know stupid money for everything. So, yep. just trying to kind of figure figure a bike, and I got to sell sell one of my cars first. So, <laughs> well, take it take but, it slow uh, and have a good time doing it. Will do. Thanks, Jimmy. Awesome. Take care. Okay. What's we have another? We have any more questions on the papers? No paper questions. No paper questions. We have all more call. Okay. I think we should take it and then commercial break after. Okay. okay. Mike is has a question about more capable adventure bikes. Hey, I want to give it up to uh, Maddox. Maddox over there, and he's got to check the name. He's doing a good job. Maddox doing a killer job in there. That's good. Way better than Logan. Logan was in there. We think he was just sitting around in his underwear in there, mm -hmm. just doing nothing. But, uh, okay. Hey, Mike, uh, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. You are in the hot seat, sponsored by Seat Concepts. How's it going? Not bad. Evening, Jimmy and Logan. Nice to talk to you guys. And, yes, I do have a Seat Concepts bike, a seat on my bike. That's, that's why you went straight my to the front question. of the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My question is just an opinion one. Uh, with the resurgence in popularity of dual sport and capable adventure bikes, do you think we're going to see a truly lightweight single come out in the 500 to 650cc range? Oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. A single cylinder five to 600 CC. So you're talking about kind of like an, an adventure bike more than a dual sport bike is, well, I, you I know, mean, I, I hate to say the word adventure bike. Cause I'm talking about lightweight, you know, when you look at the, the KTMs and the betas down in that 250 pound range, right. And then you got the next step. You're looking at the CRF at, uh, you know, 290, and then you move up to, you know, 360 for the DRs. But, uh, I, what about, well, uh, you know, like a WR based Tenere? <sighs> That'd be really cool. Uh, you know, and that's the one, that's the one hole that Yamaha really has in their, in their, their lineup is they do not. And they, they haven't had a kind of that midsize dual sport, dual purpose. We can't say dual sport. Dual sport is owned by Suzuki, by the way. And so a lot of times when you talk about this, you have to talk about dual purpose bikes. But I, I think that the, the, the way that a lot of these manufacturers kind of look at it is that's such a, that's such a hybrid area where you're asking so much out of the bike that they say, Hey, we make this, you know, we make this product, whether it's the Sierra 450 um, X or Sierra 450 L or, you know, KTM's 500 EXC or the Husky or all the different variants. They kind of say, here's this bike. We're going to let you, figure out what to do with it. And because if they did it, they're going to do it quote wrong for 80% of the people, <laughs> you, you know, you, you kind of get with me. I mean, listen to me talk about the, oh, yeah. the, the, the KTM 690, the Husky 701 platform, I, you know, cause I'm quote, not a fan, although there's some characteristics of that bike that are just brilliant. I really like it, but it's like, 
it's something that's trying to do too much. So my take is they already make these really nice motocross bikes that they that that these brands can kind of then can can I don't want to call it detune them. They just have to morph them into stuff that meets the emissions regulations and the sound the things, and they do a really good job of doing that. And then they say, here's what you have. And then you have a good company like Tacomoto. That's tacomoto.co, by the way. Like how I just threw that in there, Logan. You should have done that. Could have. You could have? You were you ready to do that? No. No. I was pre-reading this. Pre-reading question. this question. But anyways, so there's so much aftermarket out there to be able to make the bike. And and so you take whatever color you like or whichever brand you have flavor to and then just build your own is, is I think that way you end up with the bike. But so, cause the question, I think the question is like, is, yeah, I think if the, I think if the manufacturer did it, they would do it more wrong than right. Does that make sense? Yeah. You just, you just look at all these guys that are buying KTM 500s or 450Ls and then they're spending thousands on top of it, putting a good dual sport, you know, a four gallon tank on there and a, a decent seat concept seat stuff that's forgotten by the manufacturer. When, you know, when you're making a bike street legal, these things should be included with the, uh, with the bike because you're just costing the buyer money to uh make them have to purchase these things after the fact for true true dual dual purpose riding yeah i think you know you see some manufacturers trying this like look at what kawasaki does with the klr 650 you know with the you know that's that's one of the features of that has it has a big giant tank and it's like okay here we go and then of course it's attached to a a motor that makes half the power that it could and, and a suspension that's designed to go down a gravel road where, you know, KTM makes something that's light, agile, and then, yeah, you have to drop a big giant tank on top of it. But, you know, if if they put this big tank on it, then everybody complain, oh, the tank's too wide. You know, but we'll let, you know, because not everybody needs that fuel range. Like over in Europe, you'd be hard pressed to try to run your bike out without going past four or five fuel stations. Out here in Nevada, you'd be hard pressed to ride from one fuel station to another, another town on a stock tank. So... Yeah, that's where I'm at in Canada. And it seems to be, like you say, the same in Western U.S. and, and all of Australia. The guys need these bigger tanks that uh, the manufacturers just aren't making. Yep. Uh, it's pretty cool to see Yamaha offer that new uh, remote fuel pump on that uh, new uh, World Raid edition where they could uh, they could easily come up with a, a rally-style tank like they put on that uh, Fantic 450 that they brought out there recently the based on the WR. Yeah, there's, I mean, and like, like I said, that's where the aftermarket just sort of, you know, they see it, they see a hole in the market and then they, they go to, they go to fill it. So, well, awesome. I'm sorry. I can't be of more help. I'd like to, I'd like to. Hey, you just hoping for a good rumor. Yeah. It's I, an interesting topic for and, sure. And, and I've heard, I've heard that there are some, um, we'll call them more midsize adventure bikes in development, currently in development. I, I, I currently have heard strong rumors uh for two of those so two different two different brands not just the one brand that makes lots of different brands but um i think there's something mid-size and i but i don't know if it's single or twin cylinder in all honesty um on both fronts so i i think the, the i i would guess that they're going to go twin cylinder and they're going to try to make it as light as possible which means 400 pounds um, but I, I, I'm guessing they're going to go twin cylinder just so it goes down the road and it, it works on the adventure side a little bit better, but it's still not 600 pounds. 
but it's not going to be a super lightweight. Uh, that's a, that's a niche bike that you're going to have to build out of what's out there. Okay. Well, thanks for your opinion. Okay. You have a great day and, uh, say hi to all my friends up in Canada, even if you have to go underground to find them. Cause I don't, I don't know how <laughs> we'll do. Thanks guys. Okay. Take Bye. care. See ya. Okay. Well with that, we've, uh, God, we, we went long. Yeah, in the segment. That's why we, I thought we were getting ready to wind down the the call in line, and then everyone called in. So yeah, well, you have to warm it up. Well, we warmed it up it's for a while good. there. Yeah, so, like hey, the, can can you leave messages on our call in line? If you can actually leave voicemails. So this is something I needed to mention. I meant to mention on the show. So if you decide, yeah, if you're having a bad day with a bike or just you want to share there's something you think we should know, go ahead and call 775-318-5515 and you can leave a voicemail and we will be able to, we will be able to hear it and we can talk about it on the show. So right now, if you're three shots deep in tequila, listening to this show mm-hmm. and, but it's Wednesday and you're like, I can't even call in. It's like, no, you can call in and do the, you know, a little bit of a rant. Right. You or can, or you, yeah. you, you can pretend like you can pretend or you might be three tequilas to the wind. Well, next time I have to work on my tell us. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to get a lot of calls from Canadians probably that are mad at me because I, I, so, I, I always get confused because they they're I, I think it has to do it since they're underground. They're, they have a little beady eyes. They're really nice people. They make funny jokes and they laugh and they're happy, but they they, they like to loop out bikes <laughs> like it. Why are you laughing, Logan? I'm trying to be serious here. You just hate on Canadians. No, I like them. No, they're good. There's people are they're they're, they're like I said they're really nice people, and uh, but the bikes tend to like the the rear fenders touch the ground. It's crazy. They, they, just, might, they might like you. They might be a little less nice to you if they listen to the show now. Mm-hmm. No, but then they can call in and tell me about it. They can on the, on the hotline. Okay. If I didn't know that you could call in from Canada, I didn't know they. They had phones underground. It's just a phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All okay. right. Yeah. We're going to talk about Mexicans. Where's Victor? He's must be banned from Facebook. Maybe. Okay. Well, anyways, yeah. we're going to take a little bit of break. We're going to come back with uh, your favorite segment, Rooster Endo, and uh, the rest of the questions that are in the chat. So we'll see you in a few minutes. Have you ever seen anyone in my bikes? They all have flex handlebars on them. What are those, Jimmy? Well, Fast Company, that's www.fastco.com, makes the flex handlebar, and it's essentially suspension built into your handlebars. They make bad forks good. They absorb impacts like you wouldn't believe, and they're really tough. And I've been running for over 20 years, and I don't think I've ever bent a set. And if I have, I forgot about it. It was a long time ago. So these are American-made products, and until you run them, you won't realize how good they are. The reason this works is the flex handlebar is stiff laterally through the steering path but allows it to be forgiving from the load path without sacrificing control or input. This means it basically dampens the forces that you don't want and it doesn't affect the forces you do want. So it steers properly and takes the pain out of your wrists. So if you're looking for good feel in your handlebars without suffering from catastrophic impacts or complaining that your forks are too harsh, the Flex handlebar is the solution. They make other products like the spoke torque wrench, impact pegs, really trick brake clevis and brake spring kits, and clicker adjusters. So if you're looking to get some of this stuff, check out www.fastco.com. That's spelled F-A-S-S-T, 
co.com. Remember, two S's in fast. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. And we are back. Thanks to all our sponsors. Support those guys because they are supporting us. And if you are enjoying this, pay it forward. You know, if you if you have a choice to make, uh, try some of those companies' products. And, and in fact, Matt like agrees with me on this because he's the one that's working on a lot of these sponsors. We don't just go after anybody. We go after a lot of these companies that we use and respect ourselves. So with that... Today's product test of the week. This is the Tugger toe strap and it's 20 bucks. And because of the 20 bucks that I spent getting this thing, this is the only reason that this show is on tonight. Yeah. Because if I didn't have this, I would have said, Hey Matt, why don't you just hang out here with this bike while I ride back on the one that's still working. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to start the podcast up by myself mm -hmm. and it wouldn't work. Yeah, I, I would be and up then there you would be up in the desert. Yeah, you'd yeah. be doing the survivor thing. You, so, you'd hear back to me in a week with a vlog of my right. challenges. And the only reason the bike broke is because Matt was there, and that's why I would leave him there. And I wasn't scared about him with bears. But this little this little nugget here is just this little nice little case. It actually comes with instructions that kind of gives you some instructions on how to how to tow somebody back. But you know, we don't read instructions. But it's it's essentially a really nice set of cord with a little a ring on it, so you can just thread it through and it, it you see it's all well used mm -hmm. it, it, it actually wasn't new this is this is the second time okay i i was really impressed with it. it it definitely beat the the tie down that that we used before for the last time right yeah the the other strap so it's just little strap you see it's all wound up nice and tight here just unwind it you basically just loop it through we put it on we go we went foot peg to foot peg mm-hmm and but you can you can go from something like the muffler mount to the bar if you want to do that but we prefer towing foot peg to foot peg we're going to work on a video on this how to tow that's why i was shooting I, with the gopro yeah i think it'd be it'd be super beneficial because for someone like me who 
You were a toe novice. <laughs> I was a toe beginner last time. Oh. Toe novice this time. I think I'm somewhere between novice and intermediate right now because when we when the second time when we finally hit the road, it, it's like something clicked and I was like, oh, nice and easy. Well, you didn't slam on the rear brakes because remember the guy that's towing is the power, and the guy, and is, the guy that's getting towed is the brakes. Right. And 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 when I started notifying Matt that I wanted him to slow down. Cause you don't want this toe strap to become part of your wheel or hey, your can sprocket. Can you move your mic arm a little bit? It's going to cast a shadow on your face. Oh, that's okay. Okay. It makes me look pretty. It's, a, <laughs> it's that mood lighting. But anyways, go to uh tugger, did tugger, the tugger.com, the tugger.com to uh, find yours. Tell me you heard about it on tech talk taco Tuesday. I might even have some sort of a discount code, but that would require you to email me and it's all top secret, but don't let anybody know. Oh, good thing. I finished that up later. Rooster Rando, It's a segment yep. where you send in a picture of your bike with the year making model. And we tell you what we think about it. It depends on my mood and Logan's mood on where it gets ranked. Roost is good. Endo is bad. Let's let's let it rip. Seth Waterfall. Seth. Well, we got his name right. Oh, that looks sweet. 21 Yamaha Tenere 700. OEM crash bars. AXP skid plate. Yamaha rally seat. Oxford heated grips. Camel ADV pegs. Camel ADV tidy tail. Tail tidy. Adventure spec side racks. Alt rider top rack. Out X tubeless rear Bridgestone battle axe AX 41 tires upshift graphics Cycra handguards Amazon slip on muffler. It was it that thing was roosting so hard, just it was roosting in a twin cylinder fashion that was taking it, and then you went to Amazon slip on muffler. Well, you have no room Amazon slip on. I have one on my TTR CR 230. I'm actually really impressed with it. Like, we're still testing it. Yeah. And here's the thing. And 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 th by the way, this bike just roosts. It's a really good looking bike. It's he's done a lot of cool stuff to it. He's got it set up the way he wants it. And yeah, we're bagging on your muffler. Is I hope it isn't loud because that's the problem with all these mm -hmm. these these Amazon mufflers because that the one is loud. It it, is. No, it was way louder. But I actually because it was a knockoff of a Pro Circuit muffler, mm -hmm. and I took the Pro Circuit muffler apart and stuffed the quiet insert into the amazon muffler oh, and really? made it acceptable mm -hmm. so uh hopefully your bike's not loud but uh, i like it it roosts just put it up there on that d department and let's go on to the next one we're we're, we're we've been running long tonight so we're just gonna hit it hard oh, Aaron oh, oh, oh. saint yves saint yves i i is that an irish name i don't know because i'm i'm just checking these green hand guards -E out yves 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 2019 Honda CRF 230F. It's his wife's uh, motorcycle. Ricochet off-road skid plate. JFG racing wraparound handguards. ASV F2 levers. Rejetted 120 main slash power up needle. Airbox snorkel removed. Modified exhaust baffle. Regeared 14 and... 48 primary drive front sprockets, super sprock rear with primary drive X ring chain, tugger straps front and rear, DRC wide foot pegs. Does he say anything about the green handguards? Yeah. I mean, does he say, is the word green in that entire description? No. Well, you did ask if the name was Irish. 
Yeah, I, I think he's, I, I was going like green hand guards to celebrate my heritage or I want to I want the bike to feel like a Kawasaki at the handle grips or something. The, the green is the money, all the, the, all the money he's saving on levers. Right. From having wraparound guards. He's done a really good job setting that thing up. It sounds like. Yeah. That's his wife's bike though. It looked like he just got done washing it and he took a picture in his front yard and green head guards. I don't know. What do you think, Logan? I think she crashes a lot. Oh, <laughs> because we he have maybe maybe the green handguards are you get them at a discount. Maybe, maybe. No, um, my sister she broke a lot of levers, right? So we put an ASV on it. They kind of stopped it. And our next step is if it continues is wraparound handguards, right? So that could be why there's what about ASV green? Do you think green handguards deflect the ground better? Possibly. Maybe. They're maybe good. they match. Maybe. The grass. Actually, you can't really. Yeah. Maybe they're riding in a really green area. And that way, when they get all, they get all kind of grass marked up and stuff, you can't tell. Because the red mm -hmm. ones, it really shows the mud and the, they just blend in better. Yeah. Colorblind? Uh, could be colorblind. That's a good, that's another good thing. But uh, you can pick her out in a crowd for sure. It's like, looks like Christmas. <laughs> is this a Christmas gift? And maybe yeah. it's a Christmas gift. I don't red, know. Red and green. Yeah, I'm feeling good tonight, Roost. Next on the agenda. Perry Vance. Vance. Perry Vance. You know, Logan, um, you notice how my cat likes to walk around a yeah. lot? And what is what does she like to show you? Her dead animals. Yeah, but usually when she's walking around, what's she trying to show you? Her butt. Right. This is what I feel like with this photo. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like it's my cat just like walking away, showing me her butt. I wish I had a camera on me right now. Cause I, I you're confused. <laughs> I'm not following you on this one. Well, I it's, just, I, it's just, a, it's just a guy like he, he, he parked his bike next to the river and it looks like a pretty cool place to ride, but we're going to talk about this bike. And all I see is his butt. <laughs> just the butt of the bike. Okay. This is, well, yeah, this so makes read more it. sense then. 2016 500 EXC in the woods of Central California. Showing its butt. Endo. That, that, that just straight up endo. I thought that one was going to do all right. Yeah, the picture was okay. I think it could have been framed a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, there could have been some lighting concerns. There could have been a lot more to that. It, it is really just... What the, was his aperture the at? The butt of the bike. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff, but I can shoot a better photo than that. I mean, I wouldn't mind riding there and stuff, but like, let's see the bike a little bit, not yeah. just the butt. Now we're going to get a bunch of rear end shots of everybody's favorite muffler. And they're still going to manage... It's, it's, uh, it, it's for that, but also to... Make sure that you don't see their front disc rotor guard. Oh, he might have been hiding a front disc rotor. Yeah, but it's the the wrong side. To, he didn't I even hide it. He didn't even call it out. I don't know. Let me look and see if I can see it because Matt did blow it up. No, it's completely hidden. He's got one on there. It's the only modification he put on his bike. That's why it endos. Yep. Western Rogers, 2019 Husqvarna 701 Enduro, Power Commander Five, PC Auto Tune. Raid garage intake London Posket performance cam Lind Linden Posket that one 
Aero full exhaust, recluse auto clutch, 15-50 gear ratio, race tech spring with gold valves, ABS fully removed, Rottweiler dongles, um, a skid plate. At least he didn't. Help. At least he didn't send us a photo just having Dancing. his dongles hanging out. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a nice photo of his bike. We can see the bike. It's up against a brick wall. It's not not that pretty. I mean that that could be right next to his garage. He may have not just washed it, but you know it's okay. It, but it looks like it's kept clean. This thing's got a lot of stuff. Does that seat that that seat goes? Is that custom? Is it a custom? I didn't see the custom seat on there. I think, I think that's, that's stock. stock. Really? They're like that stock. I'm pretty sure because that looks like the the year, like the, the model years when I worked at a Husky dealership. Okay. And that looks like a carbon copy of the 17s or 18s. Okay. This is a 19. 19? 19. 19. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I have to be careful here because I'm just... I, I'm not a fan of that bike, but that one looks good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it, it, it just, it, it I don't know if it's, it, it's, you look at the light. You said, do you say the light? Do you name the Baja Designs light yeah, on that thing? Later. Yeah. That's a good light. And I'm just looking at that bike and it's got some, it's got the tanks. It's kind of like, I think it, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know what I'm doing? I'm hoping that that bike works. <laughs> because <laughs> i know underneath it doesn't <laughs> it's it's got a really nice it's got a really nice clothing but it's uh -huh. good bike there it's got baby's got back you know if if he shot that from the back you would see it a little bit different light but that's a nice angle he found the good angle for that you know mm -hmm. you can take a picture of you know your girl at the right angle and right. like that and you turn him another way and it's like uh oh yeah well i think that's what we got going on here uh good job 433x I don't know why he'd race that thing, but that's crazy. But yeah, roost. And that's it? That's it. What do you like? Knowing full right. well that we never, ever... Did you call... Bowed, bowed, bow down to any sponsorship pressures on this. Was there a George White? No. There's no George White? Did George White get... Falling off uh, the thing should be a George White behind you on your right side. No words on it, but is that is that look like the George White photo? No, let me see. No, it's the other way. It's yeah, George White's doing a wheelie. I can see it in the yeah. little picture up on the screen. Can we just put George White on to next week? We can just put him on to next week. Yeah, we'll just we'll just postpone George White's uh, wheelie until the till the till the next one. We'll just go with these. Mm -hmm. These things. Uh, anyway, okay, my winner's so, Seth. So who had a who had a seat concept seat? None of them. Who had Trail Tech? Uh, one of them. Okay. Who had who had Takamoto stuff already? DDC. Nobody was wearing climb gear. Fast Company handlebars. No. Nope. No. But one guy had your stabilizer setup. It's a BRP bar clamp with scott steerings but they're not a sponsor of the show Can't i know go there but that's really the only which one do you like logan come on i've only ridden one of them <laughs> and <laughs> i liked that bike a lot and that's perry vance's 500 oh you've ridden that bike no but like the, the 500 oh you've ridden the 500 yeah yeah 
I like the Yamaha. I like the Tenere, the T7. Had a good photo too. It had a good photo. Mm-hmm. T7, it just looked good. Even though he had a Amazon slip Amazon slip on. But you know, it, you might just at some point you might just have to go that route and you see how it works. And then and who knows? But uh yeah, that's the that's the winner of the uh Tacomoto.co sponsored Roost or Ando. Hundred dollar gift certificate. Go ahead and reach out to me at Matt at jimmylewisoffroad.com yeah thanks for uh, sending all that stuff in if you want to send your bike in again send it to matt at jimmylewisoffroad.com we will check those things out and hopefully I think all those people were in the chat room like I didn't watch them trying to con- convince me that they're that that was the best bike but it's all good uh, Logan anything any other stuff what's what's new What's new in the Logan dirt bike world? Are we going to talk? My dirt bikes got taken away, I guess. Uh, That's new. Uh, <laughs> bad grades? No. No. Uh, moving. Moving. Yeah. So, okay. But you're not in trouble, right? No. Okay. Matt was in trouble when he used to hang out over here. Matt would get in trouble because he knew if he came over here, he could kind of like sneak in the dirt bikes. <laughs> but okay, that's good. You're not in trouble because I didn't. I was. I'd clip yeah, you too. You you were the. You probably might have deserved it. There was a little bit there. If it wasn't for Jimmy, I was not allowed to touch a dirt bike. So Matt, we wanted to talk about the reason that the that the bike broke today and the and diagnosing process. I was around and I have this this natural like bad voodoo for bikes. Allegedly. So, Allegedly. so we were, we, what we were doing today was we were riding and we, we didn't get a whole lot of questions. Maybe we did. I don't know if that came up. We, we were riding. We did, we did earlier. The, 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 the chat's kind of tapered off. We, we were riding a Christini CRF 280X and a Honda CRF 250X to feel the, to feel to two identical bikes, identical tires to test, to see what all wheel drive feel like, mm-hmm. feels like. And the reason it's a 280 is because really, it really, really needs it because, and Matt, you can tell me about this. Did you notice how that, that bike, when you got on the gas, it didn't pick up very well? No, it doesn't spin. It doesn't really spin at all. And I, it has to be with, with how, well, because when the, the rear wheel, wheel slips, the front wheel grips. Uh-huh. This is how the Christini system works. So, because it, it's running at a gear ratio, and Matt actually said something that was really impressive to me at the end of the day. He said, I would like the front wheel to not grab as soon or as quick. In other words, mm-hmm. to be geared a little bit. And I, it'd be hard for me to say whether higher or lower is the right term, but you mm-hmm. want it to, You, I think you want a little bit lower ratio. Yeah, because for me, it... I would describe it as it was a little too torquey for me, if if that makes sense. You want the back to spin a little bit more, because mm-hmm. when and, I, and you don't want the front to grab so soon. Exactly, kind of comes because in. when when I was doing some of these slower, when we were going a little slower, and we had some of those turns, and especially in the looser stuff, I would try to give it a little blip like I'm used to, and the bike just did not handle it all like 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 what I wanted. And, and there were some cases where okay. I almost had the front end kind of slide out a little bit. You said it didn't handle handle all like you wanted it means it didn't handle all like you were used to. That's correct. Okay. Like I'm used because, to because because when you when you gassed it instead mm-hmm. of it spinning and kind of doing what a normal bike would do, mm-hmm. the front end actually kind of tugged you in the direction it was pointing. Exactly. It, it, this threw me for a complete loop. It, I felt like I was being ridden there for for my first session on it. And we we have we have video of it. By yeah, the way, we, and we we will we will put this in some sort of a video through, throughout the day. Though I I came to like it and appreciate it a lot more, but I still kind of felt like I would want that front wheel not to 
pick up as or, or, or you know go and so on that particular bike the ratio is actually higher than the way that they're sold mm -hmm. i i prefer i prefer it like this because i and it takes me about 20 minutes to hop on that bike and and readapt is mm -hmm. what i'll say so and, and there's certain times when it's such an advantage, like in the in the gravel and stuff like this, where, you know, you're coming around a turn and your front end starts to push and you start feeling it. You get, you come on the gas and it pulls the front end around, which is mm -hmm. really weird. You don't have to steer into it. So it's the same difference between driving a two wheel drive car on a loose surface and a four wheel drive car on a loose surface. And in and, and, and the fact that you steer into it as opposed to counter steer, the same thing sort of happens on this motorcycle. And this is something we just kind of want to kind of want to explain and 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 talk about because it's it's an interesting concept. But what happened today was Logan's checking the framing for the next show. You're going to make 150 a lot better by. I was wondering how much I cut off okay. with moving this back. Yeah, good good job. I see you over there doing work. He's not just sitting here being a pretty face. He actually sent me a message about something he noticed. So uh oh, he's doing good. Like was that thing. the shadow on my face? uh shadow behind us yeah so so we're gonna explain this but the interesting thing was is i went to do this stupid hill climb well it was the second or third stupid hill climb i did and and i'm i'm pinning it and that bike did not have it neither of those bikes probably had enough power to do that hill climb and we couldn't it has a v at the bottom so you can't really get some speed into it so i was making my was a second attempt at it yeah a second, second attempt at it and the bike just it just shut off just stopped and i'm like uh oh <laughs> that's not good and and it didn't make any clanking or mechanical noises and stuff and like we talked about earlier it it basically probably gave up the state or gave up the ghost got you know got hot from its second hill climb it was pretty hot outside but it was because matt was close by matt had ridden the bike probably most of the time so you did the damage i would say 60 to 70 percent of the time yeah so it's his fault yep the last time, not the last time, but the previous time than the last time that I rode with Matt, he did break the Castini while riding it. Was that the other time we towed it back? Was yes. I riding it? Yeah. I thought I didn't think I was riding it at that point. I thought it was Jimmy or I thought Jimmy was. You were there. That time. So I was there. Yeah. Yeah. See, it, it, that's the that's the key thing. Is I, I don't think the the last times I've towed or pushed motorcycles, it's been when Matt's there so i'm thinking that's the that's the the size is the common denominator i mean last my last few ventures of riding jimmy bikes or being around jimmy when he's riding and it wasn't for the riding school dirt bike test they have not necessarily gone that well because mm -hmm. i think that was the first time like you and i've gone so riding if, if you it have, wasn't for any <laughs> if you have a friend like that like leave some messages in the comments or you know or, let, or let, call in let us know because i'm going to try to i'm going to you know i like to I like to get the root cause of the problem. And so I'd really like to find out what's causing this. What, what, what is it about Matt's aura? Maybe all these technical difficulties you have in this show can be attributed to Matt. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad Logan agrees. Well, you know, That's, there's, a, there's always some hiccups when you're innovating. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I think, I think, you know, remember you, you, you get him, you know, you get him out and then that's your job. Mm -hmm. yeah it pays better over there allegedly 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 so anyways i want to thank everybody uh up on the chat sorry i did not see i went ahead and i messaged okay. sage back that's okay but i wanted to make sure that we we're at least doing one um every 30 seconds 
What, I'm every 30 seconds? Yeah. Yep, that was... That is true. Good on you. Hey, do you know what? If you're looking for a four-stroke motocross bike, we have something for you. The Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes. Why don't you pick it up here? Logan, what do you want to do? Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today to explore for what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with powerful four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the full look of a full factory ride, both the YZ450F and the YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphic packages, and you can take precision tunability with, to the next level with the Yamaha exclusive and industry-only free power tuner app. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter Victory Zone. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors, Yamaha... Takamoto Co. Takamoto.co on the webs. They have all your stuff. Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, and of course, Seat Concepts for bringing us the hotline. It's working. It's working good. Thank you, Maddox. We'll have to get him on the show. Thank you, Joey Bobby. (laughs) Um, You got to come riding with me. I can work on some of those technique problems that Bob was talking about. Bob, the armchair coach over here. He stands around and listens. He's kind of like people on the internet. They listen and they regurgitate and try to tell you, but they don't ever get it just right. So, uh, and when Logan can't go riding, you just, you know, show up. Well, you just, I'll just think you're Logan. It doesn't matter. Uh, anything, anything else? I think that's, we're running through the thing. I got um, uh, San Felipe Bob Jr. His name is John Sermon has been mm-hmm. watching the show tonight. He says he's going to come up with some good nuggets oh, awesome. for this to help us out with uh, putting the nuggets. Well, if he does good on this, I might have another job with him with my uh, Twitch project I'm, I've been working on. Okay, John, you, you could be getting hired here because any of you guys know how to do the social media stuff. You got you got yeah. TikTok accounts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to go. We're going to go big on the talks real soon. Matt, thank you for coming in. Well, thanks thank for you doing for that bob good to see ride. glad glad you're alive still kicking that's good uh we were gonna bring ned in there tonight we're gonna bring my father-in-law because he's over there oh, he is? yeah he's oh he's next mm-hmm. he's right over there well we we you guys would never stop talking right. we'd never get to the show yeah so we we, we forgot we forgot to tell him about the show happening tonight but he might be watching there and he might come over here with a gun and finish us all off in a little bit but you never know um Pedro Lincero, you're going to have to hold your question till next time or just put it in the chat right now. And we go through this. We get notifications when people put stuff in the chat. Not necessarily. I copied from the chat and I paste them. So we have them f- saved for next week. Um, so. uh, Pedro, if you had put it. Question from Facebook earlier. Oh, did you put it on our con- on our post? It's sometimes oh. they, they put the Facebook comments after we start the show and we don't go back to that. So it's hard to keep. That's what the problem with all these social media channels. Remember when we just had, no, you guys don't. You had one phone line and people would call you on the one phone line. There was no such thing as email. If you wanted to get a hold of somebody, you called them and talked to them. Like right now, like people say they talk to me on the internets. I did like, that today. I called you. Well, I butt dialed you first. Yeah. You got right back to me. It was a hot butt butt dial call. 49 minutes later. Okay. Close enough. Right back. Right on. It's 9.09 tonight, live in Pahrump. We're going to sign off. Thank you for joining in. Tell a friend. Let a friend know about Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. 
call in on the hotline next time. You know, you can practice. You can do it in front of the mirror or in the shower. Just, you know, practice your question. And I probably won't derail your train. We'll just help your bike roost a little bit better. Send in your rooster endos. And with that, what are we going to do? See you out on the trail. See you on the trail, everybody. Cheers.